My name's Ivan, and I'm a scientist by day and a writer by night. And I'm Daniel, I'm a neuromuscular therapist, and I run my own practice. And you're listening to the weekly podcast, Journey to Wherever. Enjoy the show. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 17 of Journey to Wherever podcast. I'm Ivan. And I'm Daniel. And uh, welcome to the show. Yeah. So my friend, yeah. how are you feeling today? I know what you're trying to ask, where you're trying to get to. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fucking garage band. Let's move on. <laughs> we need a producer. If anyone wants to intern, let us know. You want to work for free? Um, <laughs> hey, be my guest. We'll, uh, let Pay us you know. in laughs. Um, <laughs> Ivan will provide you with some hot milk time. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> did you get, my, you get my text? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, no, I don't know. Did, like, I, I literally just was like, all right, man, let's start the podcast. Like, No, I've got to run to the restroom. Because now I've been spending half an hour trying to fix up garage van. It's not. I look in not the like mirror. It's not like fixing up garage van. It's just it's your your Mac is. It's 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 had its days. It, yeah. So I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, shit. I think I got a receding hairline on my left side now too. And then I'm like, I need a I need a haircut and a shave too. Like it's getting a bit overdone. And I'm sitting here feeling like garage van. I'm like, what's 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 my life come to? <laughs> you'll be all right, man. You'll, you'll be fine. Oh man. Anyway, so how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's been a. It's been a. A reflective week for oh, me really? this week. Yeah, second week back, second week into the new year, and you're already reflecting. Yeah, not, not ref- like look, as in oh, maybe reflecting is not the right word. Oh, almost like a, I guess reflecting into the projection of the remainder of the year. Like what? Like, I kind of go through this. I guess you're on your next eight years, aren't you? Hey, are you on your, ne- your next? This is the final eight, eight year. This is the final eight year. The final eight year. <sighs> final count. <laughs> yeah, um, and. I don't know, I, I, it just happens. Like sometimes there's, a, there's generally a trigger that happens and I kind of just start to kind of like, you know, when you're, you know, you know in the back. You Was the, the hedges head? the trigger for you? That's just, we're not. Come on. <laughs> That's a different kind of trigger, but no, <laughs> not that kind of trigger. But um, I don't know, something happens where you kind of like, you start to, you know, when you're in the back, like if you're in a, in a you know, play for a, for a team, and yeah. you're like warming up in the dressing room, you're kind of getting yourself pumped up. I was always in the back. I was always in the back because I was in the 90s in soccer. So they just put me on the bench. <laughs> hey, man, there's nothing wrong with you on the bench. It's all good. Thanks, man. Keep going. <laughs> um, and you just go through this like reflective, like you call it almost like a visualization. And sometimes there's certain things that happen to me at the start of the year where I just, I don't know, I go through this visualization yeah. aspect. And it's generally a kind of like a, a trigger that happens. And it was kind of, yeah, it was this week. Essentially, for me, it was, okay. uh, it was an interesting one. Is it know. looking like positive moving forward? Like no, it was it was good. It was it was a bit it was a bit of both actually. Like I'll share a story if if, if you want right. of where, when it happened. Like I had this um, so this pa- patient when I'll we'll come full circle. A patient of mine came in probably about oh, I don't know October ish. Yeah, and um, and he's like, oh Daniel, like you know, there's something wrong with my forearm. You know, he's had a history of like tennis elbow. Yeah, and and I was like, oh let's just let's have a look at it. And he's like, oh why are you there? Um, this strange thing's been happening to my hand and I'll, I'll show you and he, and he, and he goes, he shows me his hand and he's like fingers like this. Okay. Right? I knew straight away what it, what it was. It's a, uh, it's a condition called, um, well, it's a condition called the Python's contracture, but yeah. it's in mainly known as Viking's disease. Okay. So it's when, so it's like your, for, for the listeners out there, it's like when you're, if you have your palm out, your ring you, finger, your ring fingers like flexing forward, flexing touching forward towards your palm, towards your palm. Yeah. And it's just the thickening of the tissue around the the okay. tendon thickens, and it just kind of brings brings it forward. Brings it forward. Yeah. There's no, they don't know why it happens, yeah. and, but they say the reason why it's called Vikings disease because they have found that generally, if you've got like some kind of Scandinavian background, wow, Danish, Swedish, Finnish, yep. Norwegian, something like that, maybe because they were Vikings back then. Maybe they were doing like hard yakka work, and yeah, they like they're holding the hammer, holding the axe with that hand. I don't know, holding That's, the sword. And um, anyway, so he's like, "Oh, I've got this, uh, I've got this thing," and I was like, "Oh, mate, that's that's Viking's disease." And he's like, "What's that?" And I told him, "What's oh, the Python's contracture?" It's like, "How do you fix it?" And I said, "Well, there's nothing I can do personally. Like, you have to, you know, look at different options and stuff." And he's like, "Oh, I'll leave it alone." He comes back like two weeks later, and it's worse. It's it's like it's it's you can see the that tendon, quick. wow, the tendon. His ones are really it was really aggressive one, and his tendon wow. was getting thicker right. and thicker. I'll fucking pass out on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'll, I'll skip the <laughs> no, I'll skip the graphic details. This is coming from the guy that sat in in surgery. What are you talking about? Yeah, but it's different though. Because <laughs> we're talking about fingers and palms and stuff. 
Anyways, I'll, I'll skip through it so I don't have a co-host that passes no, it's all right. out. I'm joking. I'm not going to pass it out. <laughs> anyway, so the, the tissue in his finger, start, in the palm of his hands, starts to thicken. And it's it, Vikings disease is just really annoying because you can't do anything. You yeah. can't drive. You can't hold a cup. It's just, it just becomes a hindrance, right? So anyway, I said to him, look, you should go and see this doctor or go and see this professional and specialist and see what they recommend. Anyways, there's different ways of treating this yeah. condition. And then he comes back and he's like, oh, the doctors um, suggested that I do kind of radiation blasts on it. And I was like, okay. oh, okay. That's a, a different one to what I've been yep. exposed to. I've been exposed to like... They just know, strip the tendon surgery back a little or bit, they strip, strip it back or they cut it. Yeah, okay. a, it's pretty graphic, right? It's pretty... You almost eventually, once you get Viking's disease, it's like that thing is like, it's, it's got a life. Like, it's got like a ticking clock. It's going to eventually wow. going to be, you know, useless. And um, so they do these radiation blasts. So over the Christmas break and and, and most recently, he's been going to essentially. Um, so this guy's about s- almost sixty. He's been going to like those essentially you know cancer type hospitals mm-hmm. where people when you walk in, it's like that. Two people set out with yeah. all these chairs everywhere and people sitting down getting their chemotherapy and all that. Yeah. Kind of stuff. So it's quite you know it's not the, not the best setting um, that you want to you want to be in. Anyway, so he was he was going there back and forth, and I think it was like his second or third visit and. Um, and he said to me that this lady came up to him and she didn't know who he was. Yeah. And she goes, oh, wow, my God, you, you look you look great. You're doing so well, yeah. you know, to him. And meanwhile, he's just getting radio radiation yeah. blasts for, for, for Vikings disease. And he said that this lady was just like beaming of light, yeah. like being really like, you know, good on you and really positive. Meanwhile, he says he's looking at her and he's this, she's this typical like cancer looking patient she was going you know no no hair bandana the you know the 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 full thing right and she was like like she just she said i forget the exactly word for word what what she said to him and then what he relayed to me but it was along the lines of like keep going you're doing really well everyone here will support you kind of thing and meanwhile she didn't know that he was just getting yeah thing for that and then um he then says to me he's like you know he's like there's just so much to do in this life yeah that you should just take, you know, every opportunity, everything, not for granted, but like just whatever it is, if it feels right, just go with just it. Just go with it. And that happened to me on Monday. Yeah. And I've just been on this like... It's funny how... how it's, it's just triggered, you know, like... It's funny how like, I wouldn't say acquaintances, but like um, like meetings with certain people can change the course of your life sometimes, the yeah. way you look at things and that. Yeah. and just Even ref- somebody else's experience. We're just reflecting because of the fact that, you know, he's there. Like the worst case scenario with Vikings disease is you lose your finger. Yeah. Which isn't great, right? But in comparison to what these people are there for. Yeah, put it into context. It puts, puts a lot of things into context. Yeah. And But for me personally, that coming from a 60-year-old man saying there's so much more in life that he wants to do yeah, at he- 60, and he's essentially double my age. Yeah. It kind of you make it makes you think that like, like shit, you know, there's, there's like so much more to do, yeah, you know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. And, and yeah, so bringing it back full circle to my reflectiveness um, at the start of the week is, yeah, that, that was, that was that. that. So, I don't know, it gave me a bit of a... A kick of buzz. Yeah. That's good. A good a good little zap. Yeah. It's like, it's good to kind of be focused about what you're doing, but I think it's also to, I don't know, 20%, 30% of your brain space should be... Perspective. Kind of like perspective. You have to have perspective. Yeah, it can't so, all be like... I think that comes back to the previous conversation we had. Was it last episode or the episode before or before that? I can't remember. Of you know, twenty. It was New Year's resolutions one. I think we were talking about like twenty-year-old you, right? Yeah, yeah. And you've yeah. got the, you're you're at like your full gun ho at twenty years old. Like, yeah, you, oh, you, you know, literally got blink. You've world, got blinkers nothing on. Else matters, but like it's just like go go go, and they've got massive dreams and blah blah blah. But realistically, like there is an important portion of that that really needs to not be about just chasing down the dream that you think you've got yeah. and actually being present in the moment, just appreciating what you have and, yeah. you know, whatnot. <clears throat> so, yeah, it was a good reflection for you. Yeah, no, it was. It's, it's nice to get a good smack in the mouth every now and then and just kind of like yeah. wake up and go, okay, I'm, I'm still focused on what I'm doing, but it's good to just be aware of everything else. There you go. So, that was me. Cool. Well, I haven't had <laughs> Sorry, anything. I know it was a long story, but... No, uh, it was a good story. I mean, I haven't had anything that's been like quite that, I guess significant as far as reflective but you telling me that story makes me feel like i got one now so. nice sweet man yeah but um <laughs> uh, yeah uh, i don't know what else i was gonna say i was just kind of reflecting again that's right um, we're up to episode 17 now which is uh pretty good and i've also noticed that we are uh, have we have now got india on our list of listeners 
Do we? We do. I noticed that. So we've got some people listening from India. India. Welcome, so, India. Shout out to India. Thank you very much for Could you imagine if we had us? all of India listening? We would be Bollywood stars. Mate, look, we you, would. If you're in India and you want to share our podcast Please. and let people know if you really enjoy it, you will be making history and we really appreciate Bollywood, it. Bollywood? I don't think... Oh, yeah. Bollywood. That's hectic. They're really good dancers. I can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they can teach us. <laughs> we uh, dance with our words. I love Bollywood movies, man. There's been some. I haven't, um, I haven't watched too many. Haven't you? To be I've watched some. I know I've, I've watched a few in my time. They're epically long. I've heard. They, they're long. Um, there was one that I remember watching on a, on a weekend once, and I think like the whole family watched it. It went for something like four, five, six hours. It was a long movie, um, but it was actually really good. And then I was um, like. And I, I, do, I don't know if they count Slumdog Millionaire and... I would think so. Um, the grand, is it the Marigold Grand Hotel? I don't think that's true Bollywood, but well, it's kind Bollywood, of... Bollywood inspired. Inspired? Yeah, yeah. Like I, that, that, those kind of movies are... I, are think, really I think they have to... Not that they have to, but um, they would um, want to respect the, uh, I guess, the way of filming yeah. that they're doing. And um, yeah. So anyways... Yeah, Bollywood. So, yes. <laughs> so, we both got distracted. I think we were just both looking down at trying to find something to, to refer to, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was... Uh, I don't even know where I was going with this. What was um, I saying? Bollywood. Oh, people in India watch us. Or listen yes, to us. Yes, they, they, they listen to us in India. So, I was um, quite, quite excited about that. Um, so... What were you? What were you? I know you, we kind of discussed back and forth this week. This week's text has been because it's quite interesting. This is what happens, right? So often I'll be sitting down at home and my phone will buzz. Mm-hmm. Like my wife's like, "Who's that?" And I'm like, oh, "Who Daniel. else is it?" She, she just knows. She's like, "Oh, it's Daniel, <laughs> Who's is it?" That? Right. Don't get jealous, and then Natalie. She's come like, on. I'm like, "Nat, we're like, we text a lot, right?" And then she's like, "So," and then she asked me yesterday because I was saying like, "Oh, I got the podcast <clears throat> tomorrow morning." She's like, "Oh, what are they doing tomorrow?" I'm like. I don't know. All our texts all day today were about social media content. <laughs> so I like, I had no idea. It was no other business. conversation it's all except business, business yesterday, business. right? Um, Every now and then random meme pops in, but it's all right. It's all yeah. Business. So we were, we were talking about back and forth stuff about like podcasts and social media, this, this and that. And then uh, and then you threw out an idea because usually we, we ride with the podcast. And we just dive in and we start talking about other things. But there's been a topic I know that you've kind of dropped here and there that you've you've thought would be a valuable topic to talk about and yeah. i have a suspicion i don't know if i've said this yet without spoiling it but i think we may have some disagreements in this podcast i i think i think <clears throat> this is a podcast we're about to draw a line there will be a line and we will be we will i think be opposite <clears throat> ends of the table sorry <laughs> i've got to clear my throat a little bit here i think we have differences of opinion but ultimately we yep. have we want the same result i think okay um, I guess we alluded to this topic, maybe, I don't know. I can't remember what, what, what episode it was. I kind of dropped it in there, but I am of the belief that it might've been this, the trophies for kids. one. Yes. That's the one The trophies, yes. the kids need trophies, ribbons and eighth yep. place trophies and all that stuff. I'm of the belief as the way society is going. Well, first and foremost, I want to say that I feel like our current society right now Yeah is a distracted society. Now, what I mean by a distracted society is there's just, just a lot of distractions. Well, we just got distracted on exactly. in the middle of a podcast. Because we carry this device called a mobile or yeah. a smartphone. <laughs> and naturally, we, you know, you, you know you're, you're a corporate kind of guy. You've got your, you know, and I run a business. We've got, um, you know, emails and things coming at all. No, no one, with emails, it's like a no holds bars. So people will send emails at two o'clock in the morning if they yep. have to, which is fine. And you don't have to have a notification if you, if you don't want to. Yep. But generally, you naturally just check and it's a distraction. It means you come into work the next day with a whole lot of work planned that you didn't even know you had. That's right. And it just keeps loading up. And, and it's just the way the world is going. Yeah. Okay. Um, essentially where I'm going with this and I'll kind of get to why, why I'm speaking about the distracted society is I feel like because we are a distract, I, I firmly believe we are a distracted society. Yeah. Small things like our children. Yeah. Um, and also not saying this is for everybody and I, but I would, I would imagine that most parents go for the fact that they just naturally don't have as much time penciled out. For their kids, yeah, as maybe parents in the 70s, 60s, and 50s, or maybe even the 80s, and so on, had as much as we, yeah, did. because most parents now, but as in both type, both parents actually work, work. now, whereas That's before right. you typically had one parent working, one parent staying at home, Correct. but as time goes on, 
both parents are usually working. That's right. One full time, at least another one part time. And some both, some of both full time. Yeah. You know, and, and most kids are, you know, are, excuse me, in some form of childcare throughout yep. the whole day or at school the whole day and then at before and after school care as yep. well. Which is fine because that's just the way the society is at the moment. And because of that, I feel like, um, you know, me, me too. Like sometimes you just come home and you're just tired. Yeah. You just want to, you want to get the stuff over and done with you. You want to kiss and hug your kids. You want to have that, that little playtime with them. But there's things like... But you're also tired too and you just want to sit and just recover so that you can continue the rest of the night. Yeah. And this, this is probably more applicable to one's kids are probably at school, I would say. But essentially where I'm getting to is I, and this is where I think we, we're going to probably draw the line is I feel like counseling, psychology or psychologists should be, be a part of a form of mainstream approach to our medical society. As in like, just as easily acceptable it is to go to a GP for a, for a checkup. I think yeah. like, especially in Australia, we've got a very good healthcare system in a sense where you could just go to a, you know, a doctor and just get a bulk build and Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily cost you anything. Not everywhere, but most places. I feel like that type of um, system should be in place for for mental health, for mental health. Okay. I don't disagree with you on that. Um, I know which part you disagree with and which is, which is fine. It's just, I, I, and I know where you're going to go with it in a sense where you can correct me if I'm wrong, that not all psychologists and counselors are equipped to, or shouldn't deem themselves equipped or aren't really ready to P- potentially be in front of your children. Like essentially you wouldn't trust all of them. We're, if we're talking about this in the context of children, yes. Okay. So this is where I disagree. I feel like because Cause, 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 yeah, sorry, you go. Because you, you so let's just kind of see where we're going to go with this. Because my my I agree with you on the part that it it'd be great to be able to go walk off the street into a clinic and have a get bulk, bulk bill session to with see a psychologist, psychologist counselor, right? counselor, whatever, whatever it is, yeah. same as you would for a normal like a, another. Because it's not as easily ac- as accessible. Yeah, like I know like there's EP, there's doctor. EPC schemes and stuff, but you've got to essentially qualify for it. You get a certain amount of sessions, but it's it's very tight knit, and you, you know you essentially got to have yeah a, a fairly significant psychological um, not disease but ailment to warrant a session with a counselor or psychologist, something yeah. that's, you know, deemed serious. Yeah. Not just, I, I, the, essentially what I'm getting at is more of a mental ma- maintenance for yep. mental health, yep. especially for a young child growing Yeah. because of the current distraction in our society Yeah. is essentially watering, what I believe is watering down the small core principles of parenting. Okay. That's as a basis, but I know we're going to expand on that as we, as we go on. Okay. So how would that look? As in the how system. would that process look for? Um, I don't know how the system was. Not, not the system itself, but if someone, what would be a typical situation or circumstance where someone or a youth or a child might need to go and access these services? I think just like you need to do a, you know, for, for an adult, you need to do a six monthly blood blood test result to just see how your health is going. Yeah, I think especially once kids are at school, you know, especially things like it's no knock on social media, yeah. but everything around us is developing so much faster. Yeah. Um, in comparison to biology, which is our, which is us, yeah. you know, humans have, haven't really grown faster. Uh, we might age a little bit more. We might have, you know, anti-aging things. We might, you know, get bigger and stronger with certain supplementation, but just our human organism itself, we, are still the same as what we were thousands of years ago. Yeah. But things like, you know, especially over the last 20 years with the internet and social media and everything, it's just goes faster and faster and faster. And I really think as much as parents think they've got a stranglehold or an idea of how to limit their children's, and I'm using social media as one example. There's, there's others, right? But but the stranglehold on their uh, their child's or their adolescent's exposure to social media and how to deal with things like bullying and cyberbullying yeah. and just uh, um, what's that word about email? Like just 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 your your just profile, your general image, things like that. They slip under under the radar and they kind of. I feel like with the the youth today, it just kind of banks up. It slowly banks up, and I feel like a psychologist. Yeah. And again, it may not be a psychologist, it might be a counselor, it might be a different f- f- brand of psychology that maybe gets developed. I'm not exactly sure, but a I'm just going to use... A therapist of sorts that looks after mental health. A therapist that looks after adolescent health. Okay. And it's they're more just like that extra person that's going to give you that 
that aid, that extra hand. That... And having them readily available. Yes. Okay. Not uh, everyone should have it. I think everyone. I think like, like most families have a family doctor. Yeah. I think most families should have a family psychologist. Okay. I think it helps overall in general. Okay. Whether your family is beaming and everyone gets along, or whether your family everyone's at each other's throats and and pulling each other's hair out, I think everyone should have one. Only because it's just the way society is at the moment and how distracted we are. I've, I'm almost certain that most people don't have the the regularity in sitting down with their family and discussing the small things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, how would we approach getting that on, on a regular basis? I don't know, monthly, it, it, fortnightly, yeah. where, not necessarily when they're ready to talk about it, because sometimes when they're ready to talk about it, it might be t- not necessarily too late, but there might be some kind of damage done. Yeah. And I feel like it's just like, just like you would go for a run on a treadmill to keep yourself reasonably fit. Yeah. Not necessarily preparing for a race or, or a competition or an event. You're just keeping yourself fit. I would- and Keeping your brain in check. Keeping your brain in check. Yeah. And I feel like- Parents are good at that, but I think a third wheel, in a sense, would help balance it. Because naturally, parents have got you know their own ideologies and their own, their own family core principles that they're going to bring into, which is fine. But it's also good to have a, um, I guess, a, a difference of opinion as well. Yeah. Not to you know have the the child disobey the the, the family laws, the family rules, yeah. but just you know to give them, like I said, mental maintenance. Yeah. So one of the things that first comes to mind is I, in principle, I think it's a good idea, mm-hmm. right? One of the things I do that initially comes to mind is, is the if the parents, whether or not the parents have their own challenges that they need to first deal with themselves, which are inhibiting them from actually being able to do the things they need to for their own kids. And that happens more so and more is so it a now. matter? Yeah, but so is it a matter of, if, if that's a service that's readily available for families to access and the parents go and take their kids there, mm-hmm. is the parent just palming off a task that they should be doing to another therapist to not essentially co-parent, but do some of the tasks that a parent should do because the parent doesn't have a check on that for themselves? Yeah. That is a little bit worrying to me. Yes. For example, yeah. if, and you know, if you relate that to um, you know, to the physical side of like physician side of doctors, if a parent is like eats excessively unhealthy and they're excessively obese and they're and they've got heart problems and heart issues and, and it's really affecting them as a parent and they can see that's happening to their own kid and the, then the parent says, well, I'm not going to feed you good healthy food and get you on an exercise program. I'm just going to take you to the doctor and let them deal with it while I keep staying this way as well. Mm-hmm. I fear is that a comparable thing to a parent saying, well, I don't have the time to to take care of your mental health and make sure that I have good quality conversations with you. So I'm just going to take you to a therapist and let them have the conversation with you instead. I completely understand what you're saying. That, that you, makes me wonder a little bit. It, Do, it, are we not? Are we fixing a symptom and not treating the cause, which is a parent? It's a bit of both. I think. I think the the issue the issue there is um, if the parent understands that that's an issue, they are being fully honest with themselves. Yeah. That that's that's something that they're lacking in. I would prefer for a parent to go. I've lost control, right? Then let it go. Then let it go and in be like, "Well, it's my child. I'll 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 discipline them how I want." I'm like, yeah, fair enough. But like, I see what you're saying as well, and it's it's it, it, it would probably it may be perceived as passing the buck yeah. to someone else, and that's not essentially where. I would imagine for it to go, but I could see how that could be a, a problem, and it's a valid it's a valid point. But you brought up other points apart from social media. Talking, you brought up two other good points: the um, the fact that people may, may be super unhealthy, and that's reflective on their on their child. That's another thing as well. Yeah. Just the way again we are as a society distracted. Yeah. We often don't have correct meal planning. We don't have, you know, a day-to-day schedule of what are we cooking today and what are we doing today. And a lot of families are just like, quick, just grab something. So lifestyle, because of the distraction and how busy we are in general, yeah, those things do come into place. Yeah. So that's where, again, where I feel like that psychologist will come in, will come in good. But I also understand what you're saying as well. Where, yeah. Yeah, that, that probably would be a big issue where a lot of people would pass the buck. And I don't know whether it'd be a, probably a good idea. That's why... 
it would be a good idea to have a family psychologist. Yeah. More focus on the on the child as well. So when the child is maybe having a session, there'll be sessions where they're by themselves. There'll be sessions where the parents are present. It'll be obviously they have their own tactics because that's what they do and that's yeah. what they study. But I feel like would it be passing the buck? Yes. And as sad as that may seem for those who are unfit parents, and that sounds really bad. But there are parents that are unfit to be parents yep. for whatever reasons that have just come into play. They should acknowledge that they're, you know, missing the boat here in terms of the core principles that they should be offloading to their child. But they've realized they can't help them because they can't help themselves. Yeah, that's when I feel so like they should come. Psychologists should come into play. So what I would probably say from such then, a young age, so that even if the family has been doing so well and some something happens along the track that the family goes upside down, that psychologist has been present from the get-go yeah. so that they they know the family history. They understand how everyone kind of works yeah. together, you know? So what I'd probably think then is rather than this be a, a big initiative to roll this out to everybody mm-hmm. and make it readily accessible to everybody, mm-hmm. I think there should be more support given to the families who really, really need it. Yeah. Up that support first. Yeah. And roll that out to families who really, really need it, where mental health is when you say or lack f- of mental health yeah. is the cause of a lot of family issues for many families. Yeah. They should probably get access to it a lot. What type of family are you referring to though? Like a family where there's like critical breakdown in families where there's a lot of abuse, where the children are growing up. You talk about socioeconomic statuses as well. That could play a part because yeah. that's always a factor. Yeah. It's always a factor in drive. Well, it's not always, but it's it, it would play a, a part in driving a lot of the issues that some families would see mm. or experience. I think that there should be more support for families who would need that rather than say every family should be able to just access it. And the reason why I say, and, and it might, so I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit because I agree with many things that you're proposing and it can be very, it look may look like I, don't care for the mental health side as much, but yeah. it's certainly not like that. What I would say is what I'm noticing, you know, a lot of parents these days do, and it, and, and you, you see it more because we do have social media now. Like we do we do have the internet in general and, and everybody's lives are out there for everybody to see. What I think is that people in general have wanted to have an excuse to say, parents, not kids, the parents for a long time have wanted to have an excuse to say, hey, look at me, mm-hmm. right? And they'll put and their hand up. It. And now they've got it. And they're like, look at me. Look look, look what I, look at what I'm suffering. Look what I'm going through. Mm. And it's all about them and they're quite selfish in some regards, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying this is what all you know people who are going through issues are like that. I'm saying there are a group of um, parents out there that, that are very much, uh, they like to impose on their children uh adult agendas yes and there's a big push of uh, um things that should stay within people that are grown up and kids should just be kept out of certain things agreed there there is a lot of this being pushed onto kids these days and i think social media or the internet in general has is now a platform for some adults to turn around and say well hey now really look at me i can say what i want i can do what i want I can push my agendas out there and what, so ends up, what ends up happening is <clears throat> their kids get pulled into it yeah. and then their kids become impacted by a lot of the parents' insecurities. Yes. Now, what I would say is a lot of the issues that kids go through is not because the kids have issues. It's because of the parents. It's because the parents bring on issues to the kids. Yeah. So what I would say is that I think we need to be very clear and careful about dealing with parents and their issues mm-hmm. rather than pulling in the kids to deal with the kids' issues. Because I, as a scientist, I'm very much about finding the root cause. Yeah. And if you treat the root cause, then you're likely to not see the issue pop up again mm-hmm. because you're treating the source of the issue. Yes. And for me, a lot of the source of the issues is parents, not the kids. Because most kids will be born, for the most part, they'll grow up, and if they're in a supportive environment, they will, for the most part, statistically, be okay. Yeah, and they'll prosper. Yeah, they'll prosper mentally, physically, everything. Yeah. So what what the pro- the problem is is that parents will then step in, give their agendas, 
put push their selfishness onto their kids. Yeah. The kids then experience what the parents are going through. Are going through yeah. And then the kids then suffer. Yeah. So I, I, I would fear that if we just go and give a psychologist for the entire family without and thinking that that's the way to solve the issue, I would say we really need to push towards the parents first. Yeah. I know in some instances it would certainly benefit kids who are already going through that. Yeah. But I but I would be cautious about saying that should be rolled out for all families. Yeah. Like for the family as a whole as a standard. Yeah. Okay. And not only that, secondly, I think going through I think as 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 a society as we progress, the more we and this is I've got to be careful about how I say this too, because it's like if you people might perceive it as if you push it all into a box and don't talk about it, then it'll be okay. It's not like that. It's more the more we give exposure to something, and the more we say something's kind of Wrong. prevalent, yeah, the more it gets normalized. So well, then, what happens is is that if we think that that's what situation mental, I want, if I... we have a lot of these mental health challenges, and we have uh, we make it quite normal for people to feel like well i've got to go to the the therapist now and talk about it yeah what i fear is that someone might wake up in the morning and go i'm not happy with my clothes today yeah i really don't feel good something's wrong i need to speak to a therapist because my whole life's falling apart it's like no 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 no. you just woke up and you're having a shitty morning yeah have a cup of coffee start your day and get on with it and things turn around. What I fear is is that people, if it's if it's too readily accessible, we will soften as a species. And I say that from as a whole because I'm looking at everything as a whole. Yeah. And then everything that is probably insignificant will become significant, mm-hmm. and then everyone will try and get that corrected. And then, it, as, as a as a as a I guess as a data set as a whole. It might have a negative impact. <clears throat> well, if that explains it. Yeah, no, well I understand. What, I understand. You, I mean. you you bring up valid points. I think the to correct that is the 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 problem there is the stigma surrounding counselling and hundred percent. There is so a, there if is you know, I believe about it. I believe if you normalise something, yep, naturally over time because it's not going to happen straight away. Let's just say the 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 process started tomorrow. Yeah. For the first five ten years, it'll you know you'd be perceived as cuckoo and all this kind of stuff, right? But over time. You, it becomes readily available. The stigma of seeing a therapist is no different. There to, shouldn't be a stigma of seeing a therapist bef- now anyway. Because back in the day, back in the day in the, say, the 70s or the 80s, if you had yeah. a personal trainer, you were considered a fat shit. You know what I mean? That's how they would have. That's what, how it was. Oh, you got a personal trainer? Yeah. Well, why don't you just go and run yourself? Whereas you need now someone. You need now someone you're taking care of your exactly. health. You're looking after yourself. Exactly. You need someone to tell you to how to lift weights. You need someone to tell you how to do a box jump. Just yep. do it yourself. That's what personal trainers. And the lang- and the language has changed around mental health too, because you know in the early nineties. When you say if you'd watch like a, a sitcom or a series, someone would be like, "Oh, I'm visiting my shrink." They yeah, use that word, word. and it had That's this right. stigma of a shrink. Whereas now it's, "I'm seeing my therapist." I think once you replace so or I, eliminate the stigma, yeah, it went through it being so readily accessible. Like using my my example with personal trainer, yeah. Now every Tom, Dick, and Harry has a personal which trainer, which I agree with. Though. Which in in actual fact, if you've got a personal trainer, it's like, "Oh, you got a personal trainer? That's sick." You know, like it means you're trying harder. It yeah. means like good on you. So I'm thinking. That could be so easily done with yeah. psychologists as well, and I see what you're saying in terms of normalizing things. Like, oh, I woke up today, I, my, my shirt—I think it's blue, but it's actually purple. Oh my god, my life's going to end. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, that could potentially happen. And every new system goes through teething processes. Yeah. And and I understand you're playing devil's advocate, which is the, why I was saying I'm playing devil's advocate because yeah, yeah. it's it's hard to determine whether or not long term it will have a negative impact yeah. until you go through it. Normalizing will allow for the stigma to be broken down, and at the same time, you gave the example of um, the parents being the issues, and that's generally probably I'm going to throw a random stat there, but I'm going to say eighty percent of it yeah. would probably. I feel would probably be parents have the issues, and it just kind of just gets watered and trickled yeah. down to their children. I'm also saying like giving the, how about we give the, by having the system, give the benefit of the doubt for those parents who don't have the issues, but those parents who might not be as um, in tune with, you know, the social media worlds of things. And you, you see your son and your daughter go to school. You see the group of friends that they have, they're smiling and whatnot. And you just kind of think, oh, well, everything's fine. And you've got two, you know, mother and father, working parents under safe house, 
you know, food on the table, everything's good. But this child may be going through something that just they don't know. 100%. Whereas that's, this is what I'm thinking. They're saying the psychologist will also just be there to pick up that little slack as well. Because yeah. it's for every parent to say that I'm on top of everything. Like, it, I don't think every so it's parent... It's a challenge it's, with... It, yeah, you put into context because it, because of the, I guess, the way our lives are. Yeah. In, you know, the year 2000s and just this century. It's, everything's just everything's, moving it is, so it fast. It is very busy. Super, it, it, super it fast. fast. Everything's getting and I, faster. And I don't, I don't know that. I don't know whether or not it's because as adults things feel faster as you just age. I think that plays a part in no, it. I, I honestly but think when you're a just kid, faster. things just feel slow. Yeah. But I'm noticing now because I remember when back when I was a kid, things did feel slow. Very right? slow. But very, very. And yeah. when we say kids, like we were maybe I'm going back maybe 20 years. Yeah. And now that doesn't that 20 years seems like a long time. But that's not that long ago. That's right. So. But if I look at my kids now, yeah. I can see that they, I can see that they're they're running on a faster pace. Exactly than my point. When I, if I look back and reflect on me being on the pace that I was, it just felt slower to me. Which right? allowed you because it was slower, and this is my opinion, personal opinion, for me as well. Because things were slower, we got fed information slower, which allowed us to process information yes. better. Yes. Kids are getting thrown things at them. Left, yes. right, and center from school, from social media, from friends, from just even exposure to things that they yes. shouldn't even be watching. Like the news, like the news nowadays is just rubbish, right? Yeah. So they just get exposed to things all the time. Yeah. You know, things are plastered everywhere. I find, like, I didn't know hardly any of the stuff that most kids, when they're like eight, nine, ten years old, 12, even 11 or 12 years old, knew that what they, they know, know now. It's like there's no way in the world, and they don't that need to know a it. A ten-year-old is any ten-year-old in the '80s or a ten-year-old now is no smarter or dumber than each other. Yeah, it just comes down to processing the information. Yeah, but if you're getting if you got one kid juggling six balls and the other kid juggling two balls, yeah, I can tell you which one's going to drop a ball first. Yeah, it's, I get it. It's pretty pretty simple. Yeah. So I'm like, there's nothing wrong with normalizing psychology to reduce to like release the stigma so that. It's okay. It becomes normal to go. You know, I'm feeling a bit like shit. Like I don't know why I'm feeling like this. And someone with that knowledge can just go, "Oh, it just means this, 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 and that." And you yeah. go, "Oh." So then that kid doesn't go and process this information that they got and think it's negative and it's bad. Someone said this about me. It's probably just nothing. They just, you know, put the fire out, but put the flame out before it turns yeah. into a bushfire. So yeah, and and. I, that's essentially like mental maintenance I, run I'm, on a treadmill three times a week so that you don't go fat as opposed to you go fat and all of a sudden I'm doing incline on 12 speed yeah and then along the way you injure your ankle and your knee because you're going way too hard hmm. so it's kind of like building a better foundation mentally so that things like that are really prevalent now in our societies like suicide that's ultimately hmm. the biggest one hmm. that's what you want to try and limit yeah, no doubt. And and I think, I mean, you make some important points about the stigma and I certainly wouldn't, I, I, I don't, me personally, I don't know if, if, it's, if it's a common thing still, maybe I'm naive to this, but to me, if someone has a therapist of any sort, to me, I don't think that's a negative thing now. If is, I'd be curious to know, is there still a stigma out oh, there? Oh, 100%. Because I think I, I dived into this, I guess playing devil's advocate, not around trying to remove the stigma, mm -hmm. but more what's the long-term effect, either positive or negative, yeah. to having much more prevalence in the medical community to be able to access as far as therapists are concerned, what effect will that have on the way we, I guess our mental health is as a society, how our brain functions as a society. Are we going to normalize and change it for the good or the bad? Yeah. That's more my question. Yeah. Not so much as, is there a stigma? Because to me, if, if if someone needs to get the, the help mentally, yeah. there should be no stigma. Yeah. And but it should be accessible. There is, there is, there is stigma. See, to, see, I thought, I thought we've come a long way as a society and mm. there isn't that much stigma out there. Yeah, um, I think more and more people are more comfortable with saying that they're seeing someone for definitely. help. That's it's like so the stigma is still there, but it's definitely not as like like you said in on you know American sitcoms like I'm seeing the shrink. You know what I mean? That's like wow, he's crazy. That's gone now. Like I, I think that aspect's definitely yeah. gone. Um, but people aren't you know just like I would imagine that if you were just to call up your friend and that friend happened to be in a you know situation A in with a physiotherapist. 
Situation B, in with the psychologist. Situation A, they'll answer the phone and go, hey, Ivan, how you going, man? Good. Oh, sorry, man, do you mind if I give you a call back? I'm just, I'm just in an appointment. That's what they'll say in with when they're in with a psychologist. Situation A B, sorry, I've switched them. Situation B, ring, ring, ring. Hey, Ivan, how you going, man? Hey, mate, do you mind if I just give you a call back? I'm just in with the physio. Yeah, that happens a lot. And you know what yeah, I mean? It happens a lot it because does. people, it's like, it, it's a natural perception on the other line to be like, oh, okay, dude, oh, is everything all right? Yeah, yeah. it's. It's just it happens. That's, people, but are, I think that's because people carry that stigma where they're like that for themselves. They're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to be judged. I don't want to talk about it. So, I don't want people to know my 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 issues and challenges. And which sometimes me, you might not even just have an issue. You just it could be a mental maintenance thing. Yeah, you could be at the end of. Whereas a, you want to see a, that more normal. It's like, oh, I'm just I'm. I want to normalize. I'd love for it to see. I'd love for it to be normalized. Completely okay. normalized. Like there's just seeing a psychologist or a counselor, psychotherapy of some sort. You know, psychiatry is a completely different thing altogether because that's they're dealing with, you know, you know, schizophrenia and all these type of like, you know, dysmorphies in the brain. That's, you know, that's a separate thing on its yeah. own. Like they they're dealing with actual like, You're talking more about the the I guess the first layer of the emotional yeah, side of things and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah. So one of the things um that's quite interesting is on on Twitter, I've got a um a reasonable portion of the people that I would interact with on Twitter, a lot of them are bloggers, and there's a large group of those that are in the I wouldn't say the genre, but they they blog about mental health as a whole, okay. and it's quite a it's quite a large community, particularly on Twitter. It's starting to happen more. People are trying to like create awareness for There's it. There's a lot of awareness, especially out with there. the Are You Okay Day and all that kind yeah. of stuff. You know? And what I would probably but say, but it shouldn't be an Are You Okay Day. You know what I mean? It's like, I know it's a good start, but it needs to just, it needs to ramp up a bit more. Yeah. So what what, what I was going to say is that that what I've found is if, if social media has done anything good, it allows those who would not otherwise talk about things to actually reach out and talk about things yeah. more. And I scroll through my Twitter feed now, and I don't know whether it's because of the, the people that I'm interacting with or the community that I've kind of found myself in a little bit more often lately is every second or third tweet, it's people pushing out um, phrases of encouragement. Oh, good. It's about um, people talking about the struggle that they're facing by waking up that morning. It's about people talking about their mental health or depression or the anxiety or the feelings of suicide. How old are these people? Adults? 20s. Yeah, okay. 20s, um, you know, really late teens, like 18, 19, 20s. Um, all the way up through to say their thirties, maybe. Yeah. yeah. There and there's a lot. Like if I go through my feed now, you know, every second or third tweet, it's like that. Mm. And what I think social media has actually done well is it's allowed people to reach out and yeah. find common ground and talk to people more like that. Definitely. So I'm looking at it from I think the stigma for a large part has has dropped off a little bit. Okay. Maybe that's because I'm coming to it from an angle of optimism, whereas. There, there could be, and I would suspect maybe people who feel like they're in that community feel like they've had to retreat to social media, mm-hmm. and therefore they feel like the rest of the world's not hearing, so they're on there, maybe, Yeah, which is kind of sad because I, I would want them to feel like they've got a lot of the support they need because yeah. there's nothing worse than you know, having followed someone or hearing a story about someone and unfortunately, you know, something's kind of took a turn of events, and their their, their mental health really dropped off real bad, and and something negative's come of it. Like, and the first thing I always say to myself is like, "There's help out there." Like, it's mm. it's it's a shame that it's gone that far because there's certainly help out there, and I certainly think that's very important that people readily have that. Mm. And I think um, countries the world over need to provide more of that support without question. Yeah. Um, and, and I'd certainly encourage that as well. Um, on the flip, I think for those who are, uh, who, who probably don't already face a lot of those challenges, but may need a little bit of, um, maintenance, as you say, yeah, it, it, it could be beneficial, but I'd question whether or not it may have a negative effect and push people into feeling more of the challenges because it becomes normalized over time if they don't learn to deal with it themselves and just go through life. Yeah. However, at the same time, as again, I'm playing devil's advocate. However, I would then say to myself, well, what if if people who find themselves in that, I guess, um, uh, I guess cohort or group of people 
whether or not if they were going to go kind of tip over the edge, they would do it anyway. And no matter what it would just happen anyway. And yeah. therefore you don't actually have to worry about those pushing those other ones in the opposite direction. That's right. Um, that's how, because that's they how might I already be resilient anyway. And you don't have to really worry about if their mental health is strong. So by default, that process that you're talking about might actually um, get to the people that really need it anyway, just by default. Cause eventually just, eventually just filters, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I said, with any new program, there's, there's naturally going to anything that gets instilled, anything whether it's government or whether it's just a like a and it could be an association of some sort that just instills. Okay, yep, yeah, we've got funding. We can we can now do this. Any form of program always has a teething yeah. processes, and I, I would probably agree with you. I think there might be some people that because they're thrown into it and they might not. They might be just a little bit, you know, and I use the word lightly, mentally weak or not as strong that it does maybe drive them a little bit further down. But it's like, but then they might need it. But then they might need it. So that, that process will help that exactly. So it's kind of like, I, f- I feel like overall, over time as well, especially with the the stigma thing, it, it'll just kind of like it's great that people on Twitter are doing that. It is just that shouldn't. It's it's kind of like people pumping each other up is like it's also and without without trying to um, you know down it or anything like that there's a lot of people out there that do that to pick themselves up as well yeah do you know what i mean there's nothing wrong with that do you know what i mean which goes back to the whole parents thing about them looking and say hey look at me exactly there is a portion of that so it's kind of like it's good that they're doing it and i'm not saying that everyone's intent is oh hey pick yourself up so everybody can go hey john that was a great quote and that then picks themselves up and there's nothing wrong with that but it's kind of like that's eventually just going to be, just become. I'd want it to. I'd almost. It's got to be genuine. It's got to be genuine. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's got to be genuine. And I'm not saying that they're not genuine, but, but I, I would probably say majority of those tweets are like, you know, let me pick the world up with a quote so they can pick me up. Kind it's, of yeah, but it's not actually. Yeah, so maybe to explain it differently, it's not. They're not putting out quotes of quotes to try and pick people up. They're actually talking about their mental health. Oh, there's that too as well. Okay, there, yeah, that, that's different. There's a lot of people starting yeah. conversations and yeah. trying to gauge. What's good? That's gauge very good. support from the community because there is there is countless pockets of communities on Twitter, and there is a very large mental health community on Twitter. Yeah, where there's a lot of conversation about mental health, and everyone tries to pick up each other. That's right. Um, and I think that's that's valuable, and I think that's one thing social media has done done a service of mm. is allowing that to now happen because because you've got to look at it for someone who's say an introvert that doesn't like to go out yes and see people being able to pick up their phone or sit behind the keyboard and talk is a massive step forward huge. before in, before social media huge. came along huge the only way to reach out to that would be something like lifeline yeah that's you know, right and you'd have to call up on the phone or you, someone who was suffering issues at home or whatever would have to go find a payphone and stand in front of a payphone and then talk to that's lifeline right. to get out of the house that's right to be able to have that access now in the privacy of their room or on the bus or in the classroom or in a park or in a car or in the workplace from their phone yeah. is miles ahead already. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. that's um, really important. What, what might be really beneficial to allow people to readily access this a lot easier is, for example, if... Uh, and I think some apps are now doing that as far as the health apps on phone. Mm-hmm. But what I think would be a really good idea is if tech companies um, kind of I was, bound together I was just thinking this. and, just took it and joined out. up with, um, you know, those companies like my, like my organizations, fitness power and stuff like that, like my fitness power, but my mental health power or That's right. the lifeline app where it actually becomes a built in by default app in the platform where they can reach out via their device and get professional help. Yep. To me, that would allow not only thousands of people in a country having to access a service, but millions of people to be able to access that but also service. have but also have that that say family psychologists have access to your portal of course like that my fitness pal and is it's great locate it's like today, someone locally where you can physically exactly go like if, if you need if it if you go on my fitness pal everybody's probably had my fitness pal one stage it's like you log your calories and you what's your end goal and that. it's almost essentially a journal yeah why not have a mental journal be honest with yourself and say, today I'm not feeling great. Today I feel fantastic. Today, I d-. Sometimes you might not even say I feel great. Today I did this, 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 and that. Yeah. And there's a subliminal message in there yeah. that a psychologist sees that may be you know, portrayed negatively or maybe portrayed positively. And then after a quarter or a month or a week, it kind of gives you not necessarily a score, yeah. but like an update. 
or yeah. where you are. Do you know what I mean? And it will give an identifier or flag to those who might need extra help. Yeah. And then the app might reach out and say, I hope you're doing well today. That's right. There are services locally to you. Do you need it? Exactly. That could certainly be an encouragement. I think we should, I think one of the ways to take what you're kind of suggesting, mm-hmm. but make it beneficial to the way the world is today is yeah. to build it into where we spend most of our time. Exactly. Anyway. That's and essentially what I was going to finish app. off with. And you took it straight out of my mouth. And I which think is perfect. that would certainly be of benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think there's, there, there's certainly a place for that. Yeah. And just slightly veering off the topic, let me just say as well, like not that today's age of parents are, are worse or not as good as the parents back in the, say the 50s, 60s, 70s. I would actually say that the parents of the t- today, considering the distractions and everything that we have to deal with, and I, you know, use this term lightly, better parents. I think they're be- more empathetic. Empathetic because of what the 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 amount of juggling that we have to do. Yeah. In comparison to, and there's no knock on parents that you yep. know had kids in the 80s or the 70s or 60s, but their their concerns and worries were very minimal. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm speaking out of turn, let me know. But not at all. I think it's but like I feel like, if anything, we are better parents than maybe the parents. But that we ends. would hope that through time, every generation and of I parents would want, becomes better. Exactly, and I would want my kids to I be want, better parents than us. Exactly, I yeah. would want my child to be a much better version of me, and that's what I would and what I'm inspiring to, yeah. and what I'm teaching them and trying to educate them in whatever it is for them to be just essentially better versions. So we're always trying to create better versions of ourselves, yes. but naturally over time, there's just glitches, you know what I mean, yeah. because of how everything is. And moving. I think as a whole, I think if I look at um, the, I mean, cause, because conversation, when we have Are You Okay Day, yeah, we talk about mental health more, a lot more yeah. than what we used to. Yeah. There's a lot more push for men in general to talk about their yes, emotions more right. than what they used to. They used to, because it wasn't, again, there was stigma, stigma around that. Like men were so not I allowed think, to talk about that so stuff. So I think, you know? and because our generations, let's just we'll categorize it a whole. I think the millennial generation has grown up with that a lot more. Yeah. Now, as we're having kids and our kids are growing up, they're coming into the generation where it is becoming more acceptable. So I think society as a whole is certainly going in the direction of what you're talking about yeah. is making it more so. normal. I think we are as a society as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I certainly think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I would just, and maybe I mean, maybe it's only a small portion, but yeah. I do think there is a portion of um, some individuals in, in the, the group that, uh, probably need to look after themselves still. Yeah. A lot more. Yeah. They've been, because in- they're imposing on their kids. Yeah. A lot of mental health issues, yeah. and I think we still need to. I think our generation, if we're going to continue to help the younger generation, still needs to help ourselves a lot too. Hundred percent. People need to be sent home with homework, and then probably in a sense needs to be. You know, again, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not sure if this is normal practice, but I would. I would hope a lot of them will. will tell you know little johnny snap out of it you know you're okay go think, home and do this homework I think there is, life yeah. isn't that bad like yeah. I, you'd want a bit of tough love as I th- well i think there is still a place for that that's yeah. what i that's what i probably say and, and kids should be able to figure things out in themselves without having to rely as well yes again it's it's, it's a tricky one it's like I think a catch-22 i think you hit the nail on, on, on the head there that'd be the core argument i'd say is there still is a place for some snap out of it yeah. tough love yeah not everything's that bad yeah because as a whole, life's good. Very the good. The world's in a good place. Very I know there's place. a lot of people opportunities think a lot of are left, right, and center. People think politics are not as good. People feel you know the environment's changing a lot. But as a whole, as a species, I mean, we are a we created the beast. We yeah, but <laughs> but we're also a very small uh, pinprick of time to what this whole planet has been around for. We are yeah. we are so insignificantly small on the time scale. Yeah. We think we're everything. Yeah. We think everything's all about now, but we're a blip. Yeah. Right? In mm-hmm. the, in the entire span of time. But that blip, I think is is going in the right direction to mankind as a whole is in a good place. Yeah. The world is in a good place and I think people need to appreciate that as well that it's not all as bad as some people think it is. And I think it's important for people to step back and be like, yeah, it's not that bad. Just kind of step back and appreciate and have gratitude more. Because I think if people appreciate more the good things, they'll realize that it's not all that bad Mm -hmm. and that will probably solve a lot of issues as well. Yeah. To start with. 100% agree, man. 100% agree. Yeah. 
That was a good one. Um, <laughs> so I think there's there's probably a lot of this episode can go on for a lot. I think there's a lot. Oh, of yeah. layers. And, and there's, and there's I a lot there's of po- a lot of layers the, to this. The funny thing about it is there's a lot of um, uh, podcasts out there that are just specifically just mental health as well. Okay. And um, I think I forget there's a, there's a group of Aussie boys that do it. I forget their name now. Well, I'll try and dig them up again. But um, yeah, it's like you said, the topic can go can go for you know forever but i just think ultimately trying to go full circle just the way things are moving it's it's almost like the world in a, in a good way is a car that's kind of like not maybe, maybe not a car but it's like you know when you're on a skateboard and you do the death wobbles yeah that's how i perceive like everything at the moment really yeah well on, on just to society See, everyone's on just on the tip of a death wobble and then boom whereas back in the 80s and 90s everyone was just cruising do you know what i mean but i think back in the 80s and 90s they also felt that was probably the case too yeah so for example now and not to go into this is a whole new topic and i'm not going to go into it as well straight away we might do it another day is for example there's a lot of attention right now on climate change there's a lot yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and back back in say the eighties and back say the eighties, early nineties, there was a lot of attention on the ozone. Mm-hmm. There was holes in the ozone. CFCs were an issue. We banned CFCs in cans. We corrected the ozone. Then it was quiet for twenty years. Now all of a sudden, and now all of a sudden, there's a really big focus on climate change. I think that also comes down I to think the collation always, of information as well. Yes, but I think that's just, and I'm not saying it's either true or not true. I'm just saying society has its cycles where there is something that's a big focus, and then they amplify it, and then they amplify it. Yeah, and it becomes Agreed. there's a lot of attention on it. And I think right now we're in a another hot spot. Yeah, pardon the pun. Mm-hmm. Of <laughs> that's a good one. Um, of <laughs> of attention on one thing and yeah. it doesn't mean we shouldn't focus on it or we should focus on it my, my point is just that there's right now we're in another hot spot and yeah. another 5 10 15 20 years it wouldn't time, be as bad it, people, society won't see it as bad yeah and that can be our, a, a good thing or it can be a bad thing because we don't actually fix the problem well, it's just that adaptive, or it's we just go well. through time just and there's adapt. just another focus yeah. right and it could be it could be something completely different. It yeah. could be by that stage we're in space and it's now we're putting out way too much more space junk onto the moon. <laughs> it, that could be the focus. So yeah. I think society has that, and I think we're in another hotspot. But I'd probably implore people to say to realize that as a whole, society's good. Yeah, I, th- I think society's good. I think in general, even from a young, from even kids that are like really young, I think we're as, as, along with being a distracted society. And I say that lightly, I don't mean that in a bad way, but I think we are an ambitious society as well. Way, way more ambitious than say kids in the seventies and the eighties, way more. Because we can see opportunities. more opportunities right. there because they're put in front of our face but, all the but time. But with the noise of opportunity. But a lot of it's not real. That's right. This is what I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? Like we're more ambitious because we can see it. Yes. There's like, oh, F this, do this, sign up for this course, do that. So you're just endless. But somewhere in those cracks, there's something that you fall into that's just not for you, sends you into a spiral and should be someone there to catch to you. To help catch you and to get help you out. catch you. That's what I'm trying to say. Whereas... The, the reason why kids in the 70s and 80s weren't as ambitious is because they might have to pick up a paper, you yeah. know, and read the back of it and see what jobs are there or the yellow pages or whatever it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas now it's just like flick through your phone and you just yeah. go for broke. So that's what I'm saying. Those who slip f- through those cracks yeah. because there's there's heaps of them. There needs to be a better I just, net. I just, just, they'd be good for there, for there to be a safety net. Yeah. So I think we've we've kind of opened up a whole bunch of potential topics now and mm-hmm. I think just for timing we probably can't dive into them but this is certainly something we should probably visit um, and unwrap a lot of these topics again um, in another episode definitely um, yeah All so right. I, I think I, I I may not have disagreed with as much as I thought I would I thought it was going to go in a different direction um, but I think there's a lot of questions that, that I, that I can agree and I agree with this. a lot of the points you came up with as yeah. well and I've kind of battled them myself until I made a I guess a firmer stance on it and who knows as I get older I might you know as you do it's okay to change your mind and things but over I've been kind of processing this and over time you know having having the the practice for for the 
um, the years that I've been in it and having you've so- been exposed to a lot of people. I've been a lot of exposed, and I've had and I've had quite a few psychologists and counselors yeah. working in my practice, and you, you naturally sit down and I'd be curious you, what they think too. Well, they they they're more aligned. More of them are aligned with the way I'm thinking. Is that because a lot of them want? Probably more work. Treat more naturally. Yeah, I, that's another thing that I didn't even go into. Yeah, and this is not to discredit them, but I'd be cautious of: is this is the system become manipulatable because a lot of people see it as a as it's a, a goal? It's, a, v- it's a very same way that and g- general practitioners. That is what I get. Yeah, cautious and you of. know what? And and that's just that's because it happened a little bit in the medical pra- yeah, medical community. You go into you go into a medical center, and it's like you get billed for a fifteen minute block or whatever. But it's one after the other. As soon as you sit down, I've been in doctor surgeries where as soon as you sit down to talk to them, they literally slide the paper across and say, please just sign That's here. right. That's and it's like, 100%. fuck, I haven't even told you what's wrong. You just want, you're you just want me, me to sign it to know that you've been billed already. Exactly. And then it's like, yep, 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 do this. And they get you out within three minutes. Yeah. They'll bring someone else in. They see five people in a 15-minute block and they don't even dedicate the 15 yeah. minutes. The real- And then they hit their cap. Yeah. And then they're gone. And then there's no doctors in the medical center anymore. I, I, I would not want to see that. I don't. Area. I don't think it will because it's much faster to explain symptoms than explaining uh, feelings. Much faster. You yeah. can tell someone I feel. I feel sad. Until what? and then until it's like the- why and this and that and whatever. It's like you come in there and you're like, you know, you're like blowing your nose. Yeah. Like the doctor already. He's looking at you. He's, he's already. He's already. He already knows. She. He or she knows at least a, a group of things yeah. that you might already have so it's like oh yeah you know runny nose fever this that pan-. okay it's like it's it's different yeah on a diagnostic on a diagnostic aspect it's um it, it's almost i want to say impossible i could be proven wrong but i would say almost impossible to speed up until there are tools developed that maybe bureaucrats put together yeah that are of the best interest of countries and politics as opposed to the individual, <laughs> they approve the tools. That's they a different take away the powers yeah. of the psychologist. Yeah. The psychologist then go, there's a tool for this. Go and try this this thing yeah. and come back and see me in seven days and tell me how it goes. The person walks out the door feeling like they've got a piece of paper and no strategy. Yeah. I fear that would happen because it's a disservice Look, to those who need it. Like, so we can spiral. That's a whole that's, separate that's thing. Almost, it's almost, very cons- it's almost conspiracy theory-like. And, but it, not a conspiracy theory-like, but it's it's it, it's very possible. Yeah. Very, very possible. But it's like if you need to create something to, to fix essentially the, the mental health issue. Yeah. And I think that people should... It's rather than just wait and sit and go, oh shit, now it's really out of control, let's do something. It's like you're better off doing something than nothing. I think that the, the app idea is a good idea because yeah. it gives the power to the people to be able to do that. Yeah. In the, and I know, yes, big organizations have got it, but if they link up with people who actually are, are good in this industry and who... Like renowned, renowned yeah. people. Not only just psychologists, but people like the Tony Robbins of the yes. world and the Gary Vees and people that have a very strong mental mindset. People that have... Uh, a lot att- of trust already in the community and have a lot of empathy. If people that have been can- on the other side as well. People yes. that, have, that have attempted suicide. People that have, you know, um, gone down dark paths, experimented with, you know, drugs or whatever and have those people have an input into that then into that thing as well then you would have a super have something super app. valuable tool yeah. super app something like that yeah super app i like that one so yeah man lots of t- lot, lot we spoke we about we could go on and on for we could. this one and what i would say is i think this is an important episode to say like um if if there are um people out there that do feel like they do need that extra help reach out like reach out to to someone reach out to and just anyone reach out to anyone reach out to someone who you you trust um you know there there are services out there like lifeline uh, different countries have their own services is it beyond blue beyond blue lifeline there are a lot of them out there i think it's very important that um don't feel that there's a stigma there look after yourself do it for yourself um and and don't be afraid to reach out because you 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 deserve that and i think it's important that you that you reach out and get the help that you need if you feel you need it and if you feel at any point you feel like you're inconveniencing someone in hindsight if you were to tell them afterwards i'm pretty sure that person would say no I'm like, no way like you yeah. would not be inconveniencing me so you're not inconveniencing anybody and like ivan said you hit the nail on the head like just reach out just reach out yeah yeah don't, don't be afraid. Sometimes you just need to make that first contact and then... And it's just that maybe it might be just that one phone call or text or something that gets you slightly out of that rut. Yeah, because yeah. you deserve it. 
Hundred percent. Yeah, and I say that genuinely from my heart. Like, and, it's, and but that's just for adults, like target adults, but even just for kids as well. Yeah. Like obviously, this this is the basis of my, I guess not argument, but my you know my thoughts. It's like I really like, especially in today's kids, everyone kind of just keeps keeps it in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I'd love for it for a day where children are just openly speaking about things with having with having have the worry about feeling judged. Yeah. And I think that starts with us as parents. 100%. To have the conversations with our kids, make them feel like they're in a safe place where they can talk about their feelings, feelings and emotions without parents, you know, judging them and putting their own, their as parents, our own self-interests and to our, try just, and... Yeah, our own ideologies. Ideologies. And how, yeah. Like, I think this is a common theme in our, in our podcast about the responsibility and the roles parents play mm-hmm. in bringing up our kids the right way. Yeah. And it, it requires us as parents to be selfless in that regard. Yeah. Um, and I think it definitely starts with us in many aspects. So Well said, my friend. So um, I right. hope everybody enjoyed this podcast and got something out of it. Like always, you can reach out to us uh, by visiting journeytowherever.com. If you have any comments, feedback, questions, um, queries or anything like that, certainly reach out to us on on uh, from that website and and if you want to engage us engage in us engage with us on uh, the social media platforms we're always always open for a chat 100% um and yeah community part's the important part it's my, I think it's my most favorite part every time we get a comment or a like I'm getting we, better at it slowly yeah sometimes I sit there and I'm like huh what do I what do I say and then all of a sudden I come up with something and then before I know it I'm having this like mad conversation mad conversation with someone yeah. random that's, that's the best part of the podcast <laughs> So I hope everybody has a a fantastic week ahead. Uh, It's been a pleasure being able to run this podcast uh, for this particular episode, episode 17. It was a deep one. And I hope you have a good weekend too. Daniel, ahead. You too, my friend. All right. All righty. Episode 17, Journey to Forever. Peace, guys. Peace. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. steamy in here what stage yeah it's a bit it's a bit warm but i think that was a deep episode do you like that one it, it is i think it's a the more and more people talk about it it's the, a it's a touchy b- it's a touchy topic that i think a lot of people who really need to hear it but but you, you hit the nail on the head though you went with the parents that's that's the best the big one because a lot of it does get trickled down to yeah. the kids and that it that's the touchiest subject yeah of it, of it all like the, uh, the main overlying aspect of it the thing that i get cautious of is because we do have a voice on the podcast i think and now i'm speaking for me personally i have a there's a level of due diligence that i have to have as a podcaster if i'm putting a message out there that it doesn't get put out there in the wrong way so that people don't hear the wrong message uh, ultimately because ultimately you have the right intention how, that's, pe- I, how I always i always hope as a, how as a presenter pe- my intention comes across in the right how way people- because there's always got to be a level of genuine empathy and care for the people who need to listen to it yeah and i would not want my message to be to come out that i don't actually care that way because it's not like that. perception is king at the end of the day people will perceive your message however they want to perceive it however they listen to it yeah that's just how that's just how it trickles down you can't deep, con- you can't control how people think no of course um <laughs> deep episode so anyway uh let's get the weekend started started <laughs>